All right, are we all ready? episode 164 of Tell Me Where to Turn, and episode 6 of the Swole Society, if I'm not mistaken. I've got my... Episode 6 of the Swole Society will be coming out, but it is not this. Yeah, we were just we were just talking about how come your mic always sounds so good on the Swole Society and it always sounds so terrible on this show. Well, as has been documented by yourself... You are the technical support of this show, and I am the technical support of Swole Society, so. Well, this is episode 164, and I am glad to pass the proverbial baton. <laughs> I am Tommy2 underscore zero. That's where you can find me on Twitter, and you can find the show at Where to Turn Pod. And I am uh, glad to sit back and watch you pass that baton. And you can also find me at Glenn three underscore eleven on Twitter. And you can find me at Point Break underscore Dave. All right. Well, we've got a few things to cover tonight, but I was trying to make use of the time while we wait for Glenn to get his act together to record and be productive. So I thought I would just extend my work day by a few hours. And it is the first part of the year, which means performance review season. And we've even talked about performance evaluations on the show. Oh, yeah. Before. I um, had been getting the notifications that I had all my performance evaluations overdue as of one thirty one twenty one. So I thought, here we are, mid-February. Mid, uh, mid Good time to get that little check mark, ta- red X check taken off my uh, company profile. I was alarmed and pleased to see that they've added a new feature to the performance review this year, and it is the pop-up window before you even are able to type in the first word that warns you, don't bring unconscious bias into the review process. Mm. All right. The fact that it's un and or subconscious kind of makes that difficult. Your company is such a joke. <laughs> yes, and the fact that they didn't warn against conscious bias, which I am much guiltier of. <laughs> I feel like all my biases are very conscious. Is this company using emojis in the uh, performance assessments, or was that just the prior one? That was the prior employer, but I did um, predict to someone that we are within, I would guess, 12 to 24 months of just going full emojis and then probably... 48 months of just being like, hey, we're not even evaluating people anymore. Just, We're just happy you're here. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's just go ahead and get you a nice raise cut off and we'll move on. So is the reason that you are behind on all your performance reviews the fact that they won't let you do them from the golf course? I'll tell you what. Golf has been sparse. I think I only got three rounds in in the entire month of January, which is just abysmal for me. But the weather here has not been cooperating. In fact, I got an email from the course uh, that I'm a member of yesterday that let me know the greens were just going to go ahead and be covered the rest of the week, and they would reevaluate on Monday. So it's going to be a long, hard week. And they said that the driving range would remain open until the ball machine was out of balls. Okay, so there's no one out picking them up? Nope, they said once they're out there, they're staying out there until the uh, end of the cold snap that we're about to uh, endure here. I mean, hey, we're under a winter weather advisory right now. Did you go out 
and just like get bucket after bucket of balls and then just not even hit them just like toss the bucket of balls down there so no one can practice while you're not able to play no i just put them in my the back seat of my car and i'm gonna go out tomorrow and resell them on a small markup fee have you thought about just bundling up once all the balls have been hit nobody's out there and just walk out onto the driving range and just hit them back (laughs) just hit them back toward the building (laughs) They're gonna, they're gonna. Is. They're gonna come Random. back from their, uh, come back from their uh, winter hiatus and be like, "Gosh, why are there golf balls everywhere? This doesn't make any sense. It's like somebody was hitting them the wrong direction on the range. I don't understand." Speaking of reselling golf balls, I want to run an idea by you, and I want you guys to see. Let me know if you think there's any viability to this idea. Okay. So. Tommy's been to my house. Glenn is not yet, but maybe that'll be rectified in a few short months. Yeah, but we're going to get to that, the hoops that you made us jump through here. hundred days from now. But uh, my house backs up to a, a very scenic green belt. And out in that green belt as of about a year ago, they uh, they made a Frisbee golf course. Right, so so now it, you're very worried about lots of very handsome, hunky young men stealing your wife because we all know the only the elite play frisbee golf. Froth. I'm not worried about that, but <laughs> if you if you want to see a bunch of Matt Riddle wannabes walking around with backpacks full of frisbees, you can see that if you go out there a little ways. But so. If you walk kind of out of my neighborhood along the green belt is, I guess, I don't know if you call it the first tee, but it's the start of the course, right? And not a lot of people playing now, but in the summer, you get some people driving over to play Frisbee golf. If I set up a table at that and acted like there was a fee to play, (laughs) how long could I get away with it? You're collecting the greens fee? Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know. First timers, you might be able to fool some people. You're going to have to look pretty official. I think you need more than just the folding table. You just need a you need a clipboard and a and a logoed polo shirt. And yep. then if anybody that's been there before, you'd be like, "Oh no, this uh, we've gone semi-private now." So you can still play, but there is a uh, there is a greens fee. And it should be it should be nominal. So you're not trying to you're not taking in like fifty bucks. Just no. You want to you're going for longevity here. You want to see how long you can keep this going. So less than ten. I think you go like seven or eight bucks. Is how much it costs. Right, and you should probably ask if they have a tea time, <laughs> and then and then kind of act a little put out when they say no, and consult your clipboard. And be like, look, I can probably squeeze you guys in. You know, just keep your pace of play up. Then I can just do what they did to Glenn and be like, you guys need a cart? We're all out of carts. <laughs> we'll bring one some. to you on the course. We're going to get some eventually. But, but, but speaking of Glenn, I, uh, and this goes all the way back to uh, seven minutes ago on the show, but what made me laugh about the unconscious bias was because of something you said on this very show probably 60 or 70 episodes ago when – you said your wife would occasionally point out to you that when you were talking to a uh, member of the community, you would start using the word man a lot more like Norm Hitchkiss, and your voice would get an octave deeper. It's definitely the second one. I don't know about the first one, but the second one is absolutely true, and I, I do not run from it. It's just, it's just me. It's who I am. But I did kind of notice that maybe there is something to this, because I think I do the same thing, not so much with trying to change the... Uh, pitch of my voice but i do think i throw in a lot more bros and mans and stuff and i don't do and again it is unconscious but i I do think i do that just in an effort to try to be just like a little bit more cool i think you're okay if you're throwing in a few extra mans i think if you're throwing in too many bros or certainly a holmes i think that's (laughs) where you can get in trouble what about (laughs) cuz Man. How we feel about that? I think, I think you're leaning out a little too far over the edge. Well, at least I'm trying to do something in the community. I'm not trying to plot how to. You think if I talk to 
if I talked to a guy that I might be saying man a lot to about frisbee golf, he'd have any time for that conversation. Judging know. by what I've seen, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, Matt Riddle's out there just playing with Matt Riddle. It's not Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. <laughs> the hurt business is nowhere in sight. Yeah, right. <laughs> have you guys watched Raw? Uh, yeah, I watched it today, in fact. The, I've only seen the part of Raw that matters, which was the five-second clip of Nia Jax. That was the—I <laughs> think that was the only thing that mattered from Monday night. The uh, the Matt Riddle Air Bud promo, yes, <laughs> maybe up there with Dusty Rhodes' Hard Time and Ric Flair's holding the alligators down. He's <laughs> just detailing everything that Air Bud has overcome. During his career. <laughs> and basically, they were just looking for any movie with the word Bud in the title for the bit. That's all but, they needed. Yeah, they Bud just, or Bro, one of the two. Absolutely anything, nothing else. Speaking so of you, speaking of Bud. Do you want to tell uh, the Nia Jax? <laughs> what's that? Do you want to tell the Nia Jax story? No, for I'm just... those that aren't familiar. I just feel like that's probably something I've screamed before. <laughs> Usually... Uh, in Las Vegas after eating some tainted seafood, but after an extended trip to Popeye's for the chicken machine, the, the annual trip to Long John Silver's, if you will. Yeah. So for those that don't know, she, did she just fall out of the ring or? No, she did she was a on leg the, drop on the apron. Yeah, she was on the, she move. took a bump on the apron. And then in her pain and agony, she... She screamed out, my hole. <laughs> it, it hurts. And then she got knocked through a table by Lana. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's a pretty good match for your just basic Monday night. I support Lana and all that she does. She's a fellow citizen of Nashville, so we support her and, and what she does. And Miro, so, too, you know. Good on Miro. I, I hope agree. he... Uh, Hope he continues to see great success. So speaking of wrestling, just to circle back to Royal Rumble, for maybe, you know, we did a preview last time, maybe we have a handful of new listeners. Uh, so we just want to wrap that up, I guess, a little bit. Not We're not going to detail the night's events or anything, but with Edge and Bianca, the two big winners, what do we think about... What do we think about Edge as the the main event for WrestleMania on night two? <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't see what they do with him. Like, if he's gonna go against Roman, I would be very upset if they had him beat Roman. I, agree. I think Roman's got too much going with this whole head of the table thing. So, I mean, I don't know. I uh, I got a chance to watch the Yoko documentary on Dave's recommendation. Very strong. If he was only still alive, the head of the table gimmick would be a lot better because Yoko, Roman, WrestleMania, like a 50-year-old Yoko coming back to assume head of the table, I'm in for that. Right. I was never a big Edge fan. Like I tolerated Edge, but I was never... Uh, a diehard Edge fan, so I I was not pleased to see him win. I would have much rather seen uh, Daniel Bryan win. I think is what I predicted on the episode, or or uh, even even something crazy, you know, a Keith Lee win, who he wasn't even in the match. But I, I would have much rather headed one of those directions than where they did. So yeah, I'm not exactly excited about it. It wouldn't be. Um, it's good. It's not. It's not doing much for me. I'm not. It's not moving the needle. Well, they're definitely slow playing who he's going to pick and who he's going to take on at Mania. And probably because they're seeing if they if there is any kind of science that can raise Yoko from the dead. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean they, they now they've pushed open. it pushed it uh, past the next pay per view, so it's going to be at least a couple weeks uh, at the very least before they announce it. But I think some of that is I read a lot of things leading up to the Rumble that. As far as plans all the way through Mania, like they really don't know what they want to do. And I, I don't think they knew. It's pretty clear by the way they've booked probably the last two or three months. I don't think that's too too much of a stretch. 
And I know this is right. dangerous to try to make wrestling make sense, but my goodness, you win the Royal Rumble for a shot at WrestleMania, and then they immediately throw just five random guys in a match for the title at the next <laughs> pay-per-view, including Sheamus is one of them. Right. I, I have major continuity problems. They should be doing a build right away and not, not throw this wild card in there. And I'm assuming... Um, I'm assuming they're not going to do a title switch at the uh, Elimination Chamber. But if they do, then I guess maybe that's why they've been hesitant to lock down Edge. But Yeah. Uh, I don't think they even... I think they decided like the night before day of they wanted Edge to win it. Because it was weird that he actually didn't draw number one. He he drew number two at that, that show that was on Fox Sports the night before. But then he came out first because it's like they wanted him to go from first all the way through. Mm-hmm. So I don't think, you know, 24 hours before that, that they were they were decided that he was going to win. I think that was a day of decision, which shows so far. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Muscle Matt, co-host of the Swole Society, made a great point. Okay. Tommy, do you remember Zach Gowan? I do, yes. What was his bit? I believe he was a one-legged wrestler. So would he be uneliminable <laughs> at a Royal Rumble? If the rules are both feet have to touch the floor, would he win every Royal Rumble? And if we could go back and book it that way, I think I would have preferred that over Edge. It's a technicality. <laughs> Or they could have done it like a 24-7 thing where he, he wasn't good enough to eliminate Edge, but he couldn't be eliminated, so they were just continued to fight for like weeks and weeks and be like, let's check back in on the last two in the Rumble. And Edge just keeps throwing them out, and he just keeps getting back in, and they won't end it. See, this would be the time to do that with the uh, you know the Thunder. I guess it wasn't technically at the Thunderdome. But if they had done it at the Thunderdome, it would be like the ring's just there constantly. Yeah. <laughs> so... I think you could have that. It could go on for however long that you want, but then eventually you just have someone race out from backstage with a prosthetic leg (laughs) and hold them down and force it on his leg. Wow. I would like to to take that last statement out of context. (laughs) That could be a drop. And that person that would do that would definitely be Brock Lesnar, (laughs) who would then, then pick him up and F5 him out of the ring. And that's how we I would like that. reintroduce the Beast Incarnate. I like that. Who I think is, uh, I don't know. I still think there's a there's a decent shot that he's at Mania somehow. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think there's more than a puncher's chance that a rematch with McIntyre, they work him in with somebody else. So, so why is it that each day that goes by, I'm becoming more and more worried that we won't be at Mania because they won't, say what they're doing with the dang tickets i have that same fear i'm worried and and i hope this is unfounded but i'm worried they're going to pull some kind of super bowl-esque shenanigans whether it's going to be invited guests or vaccinated invited guests or healthcare workers or grocery store employees or something like that that we're going to we're going to be cheated out of it because i do feel like we're getting to the point where if tickets were going to be available they would be publicizing it Right. Boy, how mad is that going to make Dave if (laughs) grocery store employees are there? I was revisiting an old episode this week where Dave, it just happened to be the one where Dave went on the wire grocery store worker hero rant, and it it did tickle me all over again. I I sidestepped what I'm sure would have been Twitter backlash the other day. I mean, I guess it was a few weeks ago, but when everyone was posting... I don't know if he was a cop or security, but it's one of those guys at the Capitol like was getting passed around as a hero. I don't remember what he did, but I was so close to like typing in there like, oh, so before working at the Capitol, was he bagging groceries? He's <laughs> <laughs> checking all the boxes. And then I uh, I thought better of it. Yeah, that's probably, probably a good move. It would be a funny... It would be a funny exercise because we recorded so much during the pandemic to go back and revisit some of those episodes and find the uh, 
most off base pandemic clips made by each member of the show? Oh, I've I went back because we didn't record last week, and uh, I listened to just a few episodes from about a year ago, and there were just some random references to coronavirus. Like in one of them, I was a little bit under the weather and kind of mocked it as, "Yeah, I've just got, just got corona, you know, no big deal." Well, the one I listened to, I I went on a sign the screen moment of like, "Hey." does anybody actually know anybody that's had it? And the answer at the time was no. And I, I probably want to walk that one back as I now probably know about 30 people that have had it. But <laughs> So let me ask you this. Have anyone you know got the vaccine yet? Yes. Yes. Have they got the second shot yet? Um, I think I would know one person, but they work in healthcare, so that probably... Yeah. Kind of an exception to the rule. Mrs. Dave yeah. also works in healthcare and she got the first one, no issues, was hearing from all her coworkers that the the second one may be the maybe the Glasgow kiss, maybe the Claymore. She got the second one and I guess she got it in the morning that night. She was in a bad way for about 12 hours, a real really? bad way. So I, I was actually funny. A buddy of mine was getting it because he was about to have a, a kid and I guess his wife got it and he was going to get it. I was like, man, schedule it. Think about the day and what's going on when you get that second shot. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Have so, you guys, have you guys registered what, anywhere for yourselves? Um, I know Austin's doing them. I haven't done it yet. I know Austin like has opened it up for anyone can. I guess you're on like some kind of list, and they yeah. let you know or something. I, yeah, I'm we're not signed even up. not even close here. Yeah, I'm signed up in three different counties now, and looking to expand the search. I wow. have heard the outlying county is the way to go. I, I've been advised by several people here that have been able to get it on a very fringe teacher or healthcare worker exemption that going to the outlying county they've got uh, just plentiful amounts and will welcome you well uh, i signed up in denton county because they're they had the big drive-through thing up at tms last week and i think they gave out like thirty thousand vaccinations but i went on the denton county site and uh, obviously don't qualify under the 1a requirements <laughs> but the the 1b i can get looped in because very technically speaking, my BMI is over 25, so I qualify as obese. Dude, BMI is the most bogus calculation of like trying to determine health. Because like Bobby Lashley's BMI is like morbidly obese. Well, when they're firing that shot into my arm and I'm flexing with the other one. Speaking of, this is just, it's like, it's like we rehearsed the show. I've got a problem. <laughs> and my problem is so serious that I'm going to be, I'm teasing ahead. I'm going to be a guest on the Swole Society this week to discuss this problem. Wow. I've been booked. It's true. But here's the problem. Between January 1st and February 10th, which is today's date, I've gained 11 pounds. <laughs> wow. Are you on the, the Dave All Queso diet? No, that's, that's the alarming part. And that's what um, I want to discuss with the Swole Society. So you will, you will have to listen point, for Muscle Matt and Point Break Dave to help me figure this out. So 11 pounds. In late December, did anyone fall off your roof and you put on their suit? And assumed the Santa Claus. There was a business card that I did not read the fine print on. And facial hair growth has been accelerated to an extreme degree. No, well, I, I'm really can't perplexed. Wait to discuss it. I'm really perplexed by this, and we will. This will be the topic of the discussion on the Spoil Society. So I do invite everyone make sure to favorite, subscribe, and leave a five star review. Thank you. Um, but I've been eating rather healthy for the month of January. So I 
I have some uh, I have some theories I want to run by the Swole Society on this situation. Can I give you guys a, a quick 30 seconds from the Soul Society and see if you guys approve of this? Okay. We, and we may get into this in episode six with Tommy, we've named an exercise. We did not invent an exercise because, listen, every exercise you should be doing, someone's already figured out. If you're out there making up new ones, you're probably doing something you shouldn't be doing. Maybe this is where I went wrong. <laughs> but the uh, the workout program we're currently doing um, involves doing weighted chin-ups and weighted dips, right? So you have the, the belt with the chain and mm-hmm. you can put plates in it. I've now named that kind of dip the Amon Shumpert dip. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's just down there just dangling. <laughs> that is definitely not the reason I gained 11 pounds. I can confirm. I did not I have to... a type of Greg Norman episode. <laughs> I bought I bought some plates recently. I need to buy a chain. <laughs> so I can do the, I can do the Serge Ibaka here here at the house. How uh how humble brag is that that Dave has to wait his pull-ups? Like I'm lucky. I'm lucky if I can get like seven or eight banged out. So I guess you didn't. You didn't my own natural body weight. That New Year's resolution that you had last year. No, the uh, or whatever it was. I'm taking a pandemic pass on that one because we uh, we tried to do the pull ups on the uh, stair landing at home for a little while, and that just didn't really pan out. Little uh, little difficult to stay motivated. We're going to look into that. We're going to look into that for uh, for maybe a 2021. But I don't even need to do weighted dips. I'm carrying all the weight around I need. <laughs> not really even a not even really a problem for me. Just he, he gained the chain. Yeah, it's called my stomach. Well, thoughts and prayers to you. Yeah, no, and and maybe uh, and maybe there's a, a happy ending here. Maybe uh, Muscle Matt and Point Break Dave will be able to set me uh, set me straight on the next episode. So uh, stay tuned for that. Okay, so we're going to talk about gambling for a little bit. We uh, we had our show bet, which I won, by the way. <laughs> and you guys tied for last, which is yeah. amazing. Tables I, have I'm, truly turned. I'm so looking forward. I, I've, I've been doing enough research that I'm getting targeted with ads about WWE t-shirts. I sent you guys a screenshot of that. I've not settled on any final decisions yet, but I have the luxury of time on my side. But something did pique my interest during the Super Bowl, and that was Glenn mentioning that he has a Bavada account. Uh, Is this a new development? Because I have not known Glenn to be one to do the amount of research it takes to figure out how to fund a Bavada account. Uh, I've, I've had it, but it had been years since I had used it. I mean, at least at least 2019. Since the last time I had used it, I think I had opened it at one point and put in an initial deposit. And then once it got to zero, I was like, well, I'm not Bovada guy anymore. <laughs> but then when the rumble came back around, I was like, uh, had a couple theories and decided I'm back in. <laughs> so we, we lost some money that night. Then after I think I had one one night of uh, hitting a couple of uh, college basketball bets. Then I proceeded to go 0-9 in the NBA, mm. <laughs> and then not do much better <laughs> for the Super Bowl, considering the number of units I had on the Chiefs on the money line. Mm. The Super Bowl was an interesting tale, and I want to tell you, we're going to get into sports betting talk here for a little bit on the show. Dave and I have really had our eyes open to a lot in in the last probably 90 days about sports betting and the correct way to go about doing that. And it's very different than what you'd expect, but we did find ourselves in an interesting position in the Super Bowl where we were pretty highly leveraged, uh, with chiefs futility and things couldn't have gone better in that first half. We, we had first quarter bets, on Mahomes going under touchdowns, under yards, and, and everything was coming up great. 
But what ended up biting us a little bit in the fourth quarter of the game is a couple of events that happened that probably to most people seemed innocuous enough that were just backbreakers for Dave and I. Which is when you're betting on uh, Mahomes' futility and Chiefs' futility, we didn't account for the fact that the Buccaneers would get so far ahead that the Chiefs would be painted into a situation where they were having to throw the ball, and the Chiefs were in a or the Bucks were in a situation where they didn't actually care if they completed passes as long as they weren't for touchdowns, and uh, it afforded the uh, Chiefs a lot of opportunity for garbage yards. So the two funny things that happened is one, we had a, a bet that. Mahomes would complete passes to less than seven and a half unique receivers. So pretty quickly he hit seven, which is the number we figured he would be at. And as the game was progressing, it seemed pretty safe. Well, we've got Robinson kind of hanging out there with zero targets and zero receptions. And Dave and I are kind of starting to get nervous because the way that the Bucks are defending the pass, everybody's open underneath. And we're like, surely this isn't going to happen. Well, Mahomes completes a pass to him, and we're like, crap, there it is. Well, there's a flag on the play, and they get to move back and invalidate it. And then we make it another six or seven minutes. And we're down to, I think, what, was it? Was there less than three on the clock, Dave? Oh, yeah. And sure enough, I think it was actually the last pass he completed of the game was just a little flip to the sideline. And sure enough, there's your eighth receiver making a catch that screws us. The other play that screwed us was, I don't know if you remember the third and 33 uh, no. Yes, this I do. Al- yeah. This was also very late in the third quarter, but we had a bet on the length of the longest pass Mahomes would complete. And the prevent defense standing ever 20 yards off the line actually killed our longest pass completion on that play. So we had two just ridiculous beats that cost us hundreds of dollars that happened uh, within the last, you know, seven minutes of the fourth quarter on a game that we felt like we had inadvertently handicapped perfectly. And we also had the, uh, it was fairly early in the game, the go for it on fourth and one from the goal line because we had a bet on the shortest made field goal would be under 28 yards or something. Yeah, and there was a clear place where we felt like uh, Tampa Bay is going to kick a field goal and they go for it and get stuffed on fourth and one on the goal line. Brutal. So, so yeah, I, there, was, there was a lot of opportunity there. Yeah, I had – let's see. I had that the the longest field goal would be longer than the longest touchdown. So I hit on that. Nice. And then the one that I – it was my, my equivalent of this team's going to win by at least 10 points. <laughs> but this one I just didn't go heavy enough on. I don't know why. But yeah, I think it paid like two and a half to one. But it was Leonard Fournette, 55 yards and a touchdown. And I looked at that, and I was like, that seems like almost automatic. Like, there's no way, unless he gets hurt, he's not getting 55 yards. And then, to y'all's point, when they had it down near the goal line in the first quarter, and they don't have Fournette in the game, <laughs> that was the first of many times I was yelling at my television. But I, I wasn't going to be able to even out the, the Chiefs' loss. But then I told y'all towards the end of the game, the other props I had was – uh, that were I was pretty big on was Kelsey a hundred yards and a touchdown and the hundred oh. yards was easy, and easy. then them converting a two point conversion and there at the end they actually threw him the ball in the end zone on that fourth last last play and if they if he catches it or if they score they're definitely going for two <laughs> they're not going to kick one so I'm like if I get both of these like I'm I'm close enough to even that I'm not even going to lose any sleep over it. And then I lost. <laughs> I just lost. That's too bad. But what what I uh, what I alluded to a minute ago, and this is this is the sad truth about betting on sports is, if you're actually doing it correctly, there's probably it takes a lot of the just thrill and excitement out of it. And that's what unfortunately Dave and I have come to realize here for the last month is you have to be extraordinarily disciplined when you're betting. But if you do it right. It actually does work. It and, does indeed. And that is, uh, that is the situation that we find ourselves in here uh, in uh, early February. We, we played a system the entire month of uh, January, consisted of 
roughly 165 individual bets. Everyone is, is again, made on the system where it, it's graded on confidence, not based on the game, but on the, uh, on the sport. So, for instance, uh, NCAA basketball side is a 2% confidence, so you bet 2% of your bankroll. Uh, an NFL side is worth a half of a percent, so you bet one-half percent of your bankroll. Uh, and you work through this system, and you're not betting on teams to win. You're not betting on players. You're not betting on momentum. You're basically betting on games where the line has is has or is about to move against what it is there. And that's literally all you're doing. And what that means is you find yourself betting on a lot of really bizarre schools that you had no idea existed until about two minutes before the bet gets placed. Did you know there was a college named Elon, E-L-O-N? Yeah, they've been in the tournament before. Well, they've now been in my bet slip before, too. <laughs> so that's, that's I, I'm not going outside the norm that I bet on Hawks Mavericks tonight. Am I not using the same approach? <laughs> no, you're not. There's a, there's a guy. So, so this is all, uh, this is all very much, it's publicly available, but you have to, you have to hunt for it a little bit, but there is a guy, and this is not free. I mean, this is this is a substantial investment that uh, has the data ag- aggregators and the staff, and they will send you a push alert on your phone when they identify a game where they feel like there's about to be movement. And you have to be ready to go because this has happened many times. Oh, yes. Uh, I, will, uh, I will get the alert. You know, I might be wrapping up a call for work. 20 minutes later, you know, the game that was plus three is plus four and a half, you know, or, you know, the line's already moved and you, your opportunity's passed. So you've got to be willing to uh, to jump on it quick. You never get over center. You're never betting half your bankroll. You're never, you know, there's no parlays, nothing sexy. It's all, it's all just following the formula. And if you grind it out and grind it out and grind it out, you end up winning over the long term. But it is a, it is a slow ascension it's not a uh not a windfall in one night it's very much the <clears throat> proper way you should think of going to vegas because everyone thinks i'm going to go to vegas i'm going to take a hundred bucks and i'm going to win a thousand the real way you think is i'm going to go to vegas i'm going to take a thousand bucks i'm going to win a hundred that's how you gamble That makes sense. Like, but like Tommy said, it's just not. It's not sexy. It's not fun. Well, no, because they this, they though. teach you to think in such a big picture mentality that even you know even tonight. I mean, Dave and I were joking around because we we ended up winning the the first game we bet tonight, and it was a you know ridiculous set of circumstances, double overtime. You know, it's just nonsense. But even that, it's kind of like well. That's one out of two hundred bets I'm going to make this month, and I know it's going to work out at the end. So I'm not going to get bent out of shape if, you know, what happened this game. You know, the team we bet against went on a 7-0 run in the last minute of the game to force overtime. But you know what? The way you think about it is, well, that happens. And by by keeping my wrist minimal and my, you know, edge high, it doesn't matter what happens one night. What matters is what happens in the long run. But it is, I'll tell you this, it may not be as fun as – Having some crazy parlay, you're sweating, but end of uh, end every month, showing a nice little, uh, showing the bankroll just climbing up. Pretty good feeling. Yeah. Pretty good feeling. But yeah, the uh, the um, the funny uh, yeah the funny thing is though is you you end up betting on a lot of teams that you don't know and then you also you also end up finding out about a lot of bets you didn't know existed and I think one of the things that this has brought to light for me and I loved golf is the value in the golf matchup bet which is essentially where you're betting one golfer head to head against another golfer for the whole weekend at the tournament start and the same thing with this these guys will find edges there where there's a you know a mispriced line where a guy that should be a big favorite is priced at even money or like an underdog and you jump on it and then yeah you just kind of put it in the back of your mind but it it sure is funny and we we've had this happen several times where a guy that we bet for makes a cut the guy that he's matched up against doesn't make the cut and it's almost like yeah free money by by uh 
you know, midday Friday, you've already cashed a ticket. Sounds like insider trading to me. It's what those guys win too, don't they? <laughs> it's true. And obviously, as we're talking about this subject and specifically here in the great state of Texas, this is all hypothetical because gambling is illegal. So, uh, obviously, this is a, a reenactment of uh, <laughs> another completely play money accounts. That's right. But in the great state of Tennessee, <laughs> my home state, the state that I grew up in, it is absolutely 100% on the up and up. The they only actually, disappointing the only disappointing part about that is they did some of the more uh, out there uh, Super Bowl props not available because you can actually only bet on sports and things related to sports. You can't bet on halftime shows no. or politics or uh, anything uh, – not directly tied to a sporting contest. Yeah, we're actually all uh, signed up for Brovada, which is <laughs> not the same thing. Well, speaking of bros, well, what about what about the halftime show? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, as many thumbs up as you could possibly give from this household. All right, I like to hear that. Oh, uh, same here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Weekend, big, big with the kids, you know. He's very kid-friendly music. It's about <laughs> cocaine and hooking up. We like to go with the uh, the uh, rated E version, but yeah, no. Uh, I'm interested to hear Dave's point of view, and actually, I'm very interested to hear Dave's parents' point of view. Yes, my uh, my parents were were visiting that weekend, so I got to watch the Super Bowl with my dad. Placed a few bets for him, so uh, good times. I I missed most of the halftime show. Did you have some no explode before? No, I had uh, the next morning, and I completely forgot about it. The next morning was bulk trash pickup day, and we had some leftover. Well, hey, that's what the Swole Society is all about—adding bulk. That's right. <laughs> We had some leftover lumber from some projects I was working on, so I had to drag that down to the curb and then stack it in such a way they didn't realize there was nails in it, because that's a big (laughs) (laughs) no-no. I've pulled that move before, for sure. So I got back just in time to see the tail end of it, and I did not feel the need to go back and watch the recording, so I I got afraid. I was afraid of that. Afraid of that from the Swole Society. Well, that was the best part, though, because at the beginning of the halftime show, they kind of had some audio issues. Like it seems like they they walked out, and he was uh, the mic was like connected to the the. It wasn't the one he had in his hand. It was like just the <laughs> monitor mic. He hadn't switched it over or something like that. Uh, but they got that fixed a few minutes in. So it's like- it was good. I liked it. Listening to Dave on this podcast, trying to get his mic to work. <laughs> it's all too familiar for us. Oh, guys, here's a live sports update and a live gambling update. Mavs 118, Hawks 117, and they hit the over. So, <laughs> boom. Where's your algorithm now? <laughs> well, we have the over in the Pelicans-Bulls game. And it is pacing very well at halftime. It is. The only thing that's not gone well for us today is the Montreal Canadiens taking a 4-2 loss to Toronto, bringing our season-long hockey record to, I believe, a staggering (laughs) 1-5. Yeah, the hockey... uh, The algo is not working on hockey. uh, Luckily, it's a very low percentage play. The, uh, The NCAA side is the uh the high percentage play and it's also the one that hits the most frequently hmm. yes and that's how you keep the money coming in and speaking oh, of money right. and this is where i want to end today because we had a very we had a big monumental show decision that was made but also a funny exchange so dave somehow has secured tickets for us to go to the circuit of the americas in may Yes. But not to see some of this foreign nonsense. We're going there to see America. That's right. 
where they play the anthem and they stand for it, guys. If you That's want right. to, I'm okay if you don't, but they <laughs> they tend to do that. What do you think about that new 23 team? You think they'll be standing? Hey, you know what? It's just a matter of a uh, matter of time before I go on to the 23 XI race team and click order on some merchandise. <laughs> One because I want some because it's Michael Jordan's team, and I've I've been a Bubba Wallace fan for several years. But the other part is to definitely troll the people of Denton County <laughs> when I'm rolling into the All Star race with a big Bubba Wallace shirt on. <laughs> So, Dave, tell us how you came about being able to secure a passage for us. I will certainly do that. So, the uh, co-owner of my company. That's you, isn't it? Not yet. Oh, not yet. yet. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to send him a copy of this. Let him know. Are you planning something? (laughs) Coup? But, uh, super nice guy. Goes out to Coda for Formula One. He's big into it. Actually, I think the same day, speaking with you gentlemen, that came up that NASCAR had put it on the schedule. I think he pinged me and was like, hey, NASCAR's coming. I was like, great, man. I'm excited. So he messaged me today a link and was like, hey, you know, tickets are on sale for it. Do you want to go? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, didn't you have some friends you said might come into town and go to? I was like, I I do. Let me see if they're on board. So I shoot Glenn and Tommy a text. Both say, yeah, we're in. Let's do it. So I message him back and he's like, hey, three tickets, no problem. I got all the tickets for us. All of it. And I said, wow, thanks, sir. And about as soon as I said that, here comes Tommy Oh, I don't know. After he just said yes. Yeah, so in the most first world of problems, I just mentioned to my wife, I said, hey, big news. Dave got us free tickets to go to the Circuit of the Americas on May 23rd. And she said, well, that's interesting. That's the exact same day we've booked a vacation home uh, in Florida for a week. How are you going to make that work out? I said, give me five minutes. <laughs> and our vacation is now going to start on May 24th. <laughs> and I will wow. be at the Circuit of the Americas. And I might have had to pay a small premium because we're now hitting another peak day as Memorial Day approaches. But it was worth it to go to the Circuit of the Americas with you gentlemen and enjoy some NASCAR. Did and Dave, why don't you just walk us through the last half lap of the clash at Daytona last night? Go ahead. Tell us what happened. Well, as I remember it, there was a missed leg drop on the apron, and someone yelled, my hole. I will be at the Circuit of the Americas, and I'll either be wearing my Kyle Busch tank top, or I'll be wearing... Whatever Nikki Cross tank top <laughs> that Tommy has selected for me. Yes, this presents quite the opportunity for me. I was thinking about you last night, though, Glenn. Was the shirt all the way off? Uh, about there was, <laughs> there was a huge, and, and I was audibly rooting for it last night. The last lap is Blaney and Elliot are just nose to nose and door to door. And they're on that road course, so I'm like, just they're gonna wreck each other. And Kyle's just sitting back there, and as soon as they one of them spins, the other one gets sideways, just a, a loud Ric Flair. It was the woo and the walk around the room. Just what a what a moment. Yeah, I thought and, it might be a I thought it might be a big night for you. And now that we're talking Bovada, I haven't uh and now that I'm Bovada guy. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked here in the last few days, but Kyle Bush at ten to one to win the t- championship. How can I not bet on that? Well, I got Chase Briscoe at ten thousand to one. So do you want to know? And how can I not was, bet on that? What was historic about that race, though? That was the first time that Blaney did something like that when I didn't have him in DraftKings, because mm. that's usually what happens. I always throw him in there. And he always does something just like that. 
Well, I think uh, the Great American Race at Daytona will probably be the first time I break from the system, at least in some way, because I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get a few a few long shot bets down for Daytona, because as we know, when you add the restrictor plates to the mix, anything can happen. Yeah, I think uh, I think this Sunday might be a uh, max twenty lineup entry day for for DraftKings for the for the 500 and for anybody else playing I mean NASCAR is basically NASCAR DFS is basically just like playing a slot machine I mean especially at Daytona you just you don't even don't worry about the salaries or anything you just pick your six guys just go for it yeah and and there's not every year but I mean there's definitely been years where somebody's won something that pays like 50 grand or 75 grand up top and they had one six dollar entry in there and that was it <laughs> yeah anything is possible no anything's possible the only thing the only two givens we know is that ricky stenhouse is going to cross the biggest wreck of the day right and denny hamlin will probably be uh in the lead on the last lap i mean those are the only two givens okay can't argue with that <laughs> all right gentlemen well was there anything else before we adjourn for the evening that we needed to cover any more surprises? Any more sneak vacations coming up? Man, I have ma- massive amounts of travel coming up. I have, in two weeks, going to Vegas. The Swole Society as a team is going to Vegas. Then, a few weeks after that, going to visit Tommy up in up in uh, Tennessee to do some drag racing. Then, a few weeks after that... Potentially mania, if it happens. Potentially, I'm I'm worried about mania, but let's hold a good thought. Then the end of April, got the Murray Brothers golf tournament in Florida, and then the day I get back from that, going to Playa del Carmen with the wife. So oh my goodness, what a life! Uh, big. Let's see here. Uh, Memphis and Charlotte just hit the over, so. <laughs> and congratulations the clippers are your account's not emptied they're, they're covering the nine so far with four minutes left so looks like a pretty uh pretty perfect night and i didn't have to even bet on colorado city playing <laughs> the blind and the deaf 